Ryan Poles and the Bears front office have to trade the number one pick. So which teams will try and jump up for a quarterback and what's it going to cost? We're breaking it all down. It's coming up next on NFL Draft Podcast. You are locked on NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back in the lab, Luke Inman here on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. And fellas, I want to dive into the mind of Ryan Poles today, all the options he has with the number one overall pick. And plus, which teams make the most sense to make that leap for one of the top quarterbacks? But first, remember, this is your one-stop shop for all your NFL draft coverage over the next few months. So remember to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Drop us a question or a comment down below. Let us know what you think. And don't forget... We're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms. Subscribe, drop us that five-star review, and take us everywhere on the go. All right, guys, don't adjust your television sets because we do have a new member joining us today on the show. It's Damian Parson from the Draft Network on Twitter, at DP underscore NFL. And here's the deal. I'm going to hand over the mic to you. You let everybody know what's going on out there. What's this big news? You kind of gave us a little sneak peek of it yesterday. What's the latest update with Locked On NFL Draft Podcast? What's going on? I am super excited because this is the handoff show. The evolution of Locked On NFL Draft is happening right now. And part of it, Damian Parson is with us. Sanchez will join next week, and we're going to get back to basics. Film-based NFL draft talk. You guys are going to love it. We have something special coming from me and Luke later, and we'll get to that when we do. But for now, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get back to looking at the prospects, seeing where we go down to basics. So let me just say, you'll see that on Monday, and welcome to the show, Damien. Man, guys, I feel welcome, and I appreciate the warm welcome. I'm excited, man. You know what I mean? My, my guy, Keith, couldn't be here, you know, being on daddy duty right now uh, and everything. So shout out to my guy. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited, too. This is a podcast I've listened to prior to coming into the business. And then, like, it's kind of surreal to listen to the old episodes when I was, you know, six, seven years ago. And then now being ushered in as a new host. I'm excited, man. That's all six, seven years ago when I retired. Yeah. So there's <laughs> definitely a shift here. And, and for those of you who know what this show has been about, it's always about where the draft is going. And sometimes that leads down certain avenues that are film-based. And sometimes for me, it's about front office, it's about stats. And so we're, we're getting back to basics here. And I'm really excited about it. Um, being the old guy, I found it was funny, Luke, that you said TV set. I might be the only one who's actually said that out loud <laughs> Is that still before. a thing? Do people it, know what it, that it is? isn't anymore, but hey, I remember the days. <laughs> So I think that that really sets apart, like, what is the new and the old? The new is this thing where everybody is jockeying for a particular position. We'll talk about the merits of it in, in this class, definitely. But it's not the old hang on to every draft pick that you have to have. The younger generation of these GMs is willing to move around. They're looking to move around. They want to get value, not just at the number one spot that you have to have in a franchise quarterback, but they realize you have to build out the team around them in order to have success. I think both the teams in the Super Bowl this year give you that example. Jalen Hurts was not a, a prized prospect, right? But they built around him, and they gave him the framework to grow into the quarterback he is today. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. Got to learn behind Alex Smith on a team that was halfway built, halfway deconstructed. And so both of these franchises have been a big, great examples of two ways to go about it. 
But Damon, does one of the other stand out to you? And do you think that this is the new era where this is the model every team should adopt? I look at Philly because what, what Kansas City, what you guys did was so hard to do in terms of it takes a veteran like Alex Smith, who's a team first guy, to be willing to, hey, Andy Reid can sell him. like, Hey, this is going to be your year. We moved up from Mahomes. He's not going to play. He's not going to threaten your playing time this year. You can go out and ball and and basically audition for that next team, right? So, but in behind the scenes, Alex Smith being such an awesome person is also helping Mahomes come along quicker than people expected, right? Because they remember watching that Texas Tech. That's harder to do because it takes a special person like Alex Smith to understand and compartmentalize. Okay, I got one year to show my skills, go out there and ball, but at the same time, help. This young quarterback, we think back to Ryan Tannehill when the Titans drafted Malik Willis. He says, it's not my job to get him ready, right? It's not my job to teach him. And (laughs) It's such a a fine line because it's hard to find that. When I look at Philly, I think that is such a special – and I think it's a – one that we can see happen more, right? You you look at what they had. Okay, we understand that Jalen Hurts is a really talented kid. He can throw it. He can run it. He's strong. He's physical. He gives you a lot in the run game as well. So, all right, we got a great offensive line, good running back in Miles Sanders. Hey, what do we do? We go draft Devonta, Devonta Smith, right, you know, in last year's draft. And then, hey, <laughs> Tennessee, you don't want A.J. Brown anymore? You don't want to pay him? Fine, I'll give you that first round pick because you. One thing I remember Lewis really says is that you can't, you're not going to replace all pros with draft picks, right? You're not going to just draft someone that's going to immediately be an all pro. So I think what Philly has done, and that's when you talk about Chicago, I think that's a big thing, guys, is like I'm not giving up on Justin Fields. Chicago has to do their part because when you're not giving the weapons and the protection, it's not the player's fault that things aren't working out. You as the organization have to add the pieces in place. I'll just kind of echo that too. Like you're right. It takes a whole village. Alex Smith, the veteran, you got to have that guy to take under that young quarterback's wing. The offensive mastermind, you got to have a quarterback guru in there. You got the head coach and Andy Reid. And then you got to have the front office to have the guts, to have the capital, to go take a swing and a risk on some of these guys too. And just because you've been burned in the past, I look at my Minnesota Vikings. I can't tell you the last time they had a young and up and coming quarterback probably Dante Culpepper swung and missed on Christian Ponder obviously Teddy Bridgewater didn't work out that's nobody's fault but it's such a quarterback driven league you have to keep taking swings on these guys and then just the awareness too to give those guys patience and surround them with talent I think about patience and it's such a win now league what have you done for me lately league I feel bad for some of these guys the pressure from a week-to-week game-to-game basis being as young as they are it's not easy and as far as surrounding these guys with the right talent too you look at Jalen Hurts just for example the leap he took when they were able to go trade for A.J. Brown and give him some help. I just think there's so many pieces to this equation, so many different pieces to the puzzle, different variables. And that's why I think, again, it's not just one thing with Chicago and Ryan Poles and Justin Fields. There is a lot that goes into this. All right, coming up, we're getting into the mind of Ryan Poles. And what's the plan with that number one overall pick? But first, a quick word from our sponsor. 
More trade scenarios coming up after I tell you about FanDuel. It's the only app you need at your Super Bowl party, America's number one sportsbook. Download the app now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57. FanDuel allows you to bet money lines, point spreads, and player props. It's safe, secure, and easy to use, and you get your winnings instantly. Join FanDuel today, fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, guys, I'd love to comb through the entire top 10, if not the entire first round with you, but really, we got to start at the top with Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears because they got their quarterback, as mentioned. They got 100-plus million to spend and surround Justin Fields with some serious talent. And if Ryan Poles plays his cards right, they could have a whole lot of draft capital to play with when this is all said and done, too. So let me start with you, Ryan. Like, first of all, Ryan Poles... He's got to trade that number one pick, correct? Even if you end up with Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, if you take them number one overall, if you're a fan, you're left feeling like maybe we didn't maximize the worth of that pick. You know, it's an opportunity that just doesn't come around very often. And then two, when you look at the layout of the draft order, which teams are you picking up the phone and calling first? Like who's at the top of your radar when you try to find those ideal landing spots? You know, the first half, you always have to be the team that has to make the decision. And I'm not so sure it's as solid as it was a couple weeks ago. I felt like, and I said it on this show a couple weeks ago, there will be a trade from Chicago. It'll either be that first pick or it will be Justin Fields. Because you can't do both. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a lost opportunity. But as time goes on and we see less and less shine coming off of this quarterback class. It really, I think, resets to the point where I am now, and I'm, I'm sure the front office in Chicago is, it comes down to two very, very simple things. Are either of these top two quarterbacks that are, will be available at number one, do they evaluate better than Justin Fields does? It's a projection, yes, but it really comes down to that because I think there may not be as much interest in going up to number one. So you have to get in your own room with your own scouts and your own evaluators to make sure, are we missing an opportunity here at number one if we do feel one of those guys can top out higher than Justin? Do we make that move anyway? I don't know where I stand right now. I would still try to get out of that pick as my primary objective. Damien, do you agree? Yeah, I. You got to me, you got to trade out of this pick. You, you And the team that I have consistently looked at right now you know, we've all heard the, the phrase, you know, you don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry, right? Because you you <laughs> go do. purchasing things that you have no business buying. That's the Indianapolis Colts. They are starving for a quarterback, right? And, and we've seen them go to the Phillip Rivers, the, the Carson Wentz, right? The Matt Ryans of the world. And some people are like, well, they should probably go Derek Carr. No, please don't go down this road again. Like, let's find a young Unfortunately, we don't know who the coach at OC is going to be in Indy. <laughs> but as of right now, for me, I think that's the team that I look at and say, okay, the offensive line I don't foresee being as bad as they were last year. You got to find, you got to figure out that left tackle and the right guard situation to get that kind of influx back on track. Jonathan Taylor coming back healthy is going to be big, right? Give you that power run game again. But you got talented options and a lot of athleticism and size at the receiver and the tight end position. So now you just need a trigger man. You need your quarterback. And I think this is a team and the name that that, that, that rings true to me, I know a lot of people don't – they probably disagree, is Will Levis. And mm-hmm. I, I look at it from the aspect – you go from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck and – 
Will Levis kind of has that build of the Andrew Luck, the big, mobile, 6'3", 230, rocket arm, really mobile and can make things happen in the run game. I think the Colts is a team that if I'm Chicago, if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm calling them. Say, hey, guys, let's talk for a little bit. What do you want? Like, do you want to come up and get your quarterback? Because at the end of the day, you move up to number one, you can get any of these guys, Bryce, CJ. It doesn't matter. If you want Anthony Richardson, you can get whoever you want Mm -hmm. at one and not have to worry about Carolina moving up, Houston taking your guy. Matter of fact, they're in your division. Mm -hmm. So how about, you know, a little gamesmanship, right? Let's snipe them before they snipe you. And that's how I kind of look at it for me is Poles needs to call Indy first and see what Indy wants to do. If Indy is, is is dead set on getting a young quarterback, which they should be, I think that's the move that that that, that we could see shake out as we get a little get closer to the actual draft being here. I went back and looked up the last time the number one pick was traded. Actually, kind of surprised me. It's been seven years. You got to go back to 2016 when the Rams traded all the way down from one to 15. They go get Goff. The Titans move back 14 spots. They get a future first two seconds, and two-thirds, just so you have a kind of idea, starting point, if they were to start moving outside the top five. Then you go back to 2004 when the Giants swapped Eli and Rivers, who was the fourth pick, for a third, a future first, and a future fifth. So I know things have changed a lot in the last 20 years, but as we kind of sit here and talk about the Bears sliding down to number four with Chris Ballard, something in that ballpark or realm is what that could look like. And then I kept going, last one, 2001, Falcons. You guys remember this one? They bump up to number one for Michael Vick from number five. It only costs them a second and a third, and there was a few players involved, Tim Dwight and some other guys. But that was wild looking back, too, because Falcons get their guy with Vic. Chargers move back to five. They get LaDainian Tomlinson, who turned out, I don't know if you guys heard of him, he turned out okay. And then with the extra second-round pick, they grab Drew Brees on top of it. So it just gives you an idea, just a rough estimate. If Poles does slide down a few spots, which I think we all agree he needs to do, maybe looking at a future first and some change. However, unlike those drafts, this year we could see a major bidding war go down with so many teams needing a quarterback. It's just a matter of kind of who falls in love with which guy and Poles obviously playing the right game on draft night too. And I will say this too. I think when you look at this class, Clearly, you got Jalen Carter, you got Will Anderson as these kind of top-tier blue-chip guys outside the quarterbacks. And if I'm Poles, unless I'm getting a King's ransom, I just can't slide down past the top five picks and miss out on one of those two guys. And I don't even care who it is, really, to be honest. They're both great. They need help at both positions, inside defensive tackle, outside at edge. But it's going to take an offer he just can't refuse, I would think, to get him to drop past that range, in my opinion. Um, Ryan, quick question on that. Given the fact that you got Anderson and Carter in kind of this tier by themselves, if you're Ryan Poles now, right, let's try to get in the mind of him, do you have to be worried about if you slide back to five or six in the process, maybe watching another team move up to grab one of those guys, knowing, yeah. oh, well, you probably aren't the only team who covets these two guys as high as you do, or is there maybe even another player, a wild card that I'm not thinking about that maybe someone could surprise us all and trade up for that isn't on people's radars as we kind of sit here and talk a lot about the quarterbacks? Desperation creates all kinds of scenarios. Oh, Tampa totally. Bay, sorry, um, but <laughs> I will say this: I I subscribe to the theory. I'm not going past four if I'm Ryan Poles, no matter what. Okay, so it really comes down to Houston versus is Indy, and, and Damian said it. It's about Chris Ballard, and I'll put it this way: these guys know each other. They spent time in the same front office, and I think that's key. But the question becomes about the desperation. We know 
that there's two first round picks in Houston's possession right now that if they get desperate enough, they will throw. But without that impetus, how much is Chris Ballard willing to give up? To me, it's kind of like it's one of those nights on the town. Maybe it's the last night in Indy during the combine. Maybe it's Super Bowl weekend. But do we get 10 p.m. Chris Ballard, who's had a nice steak and a couple of beers and he's ready to deal a little bit? Or is this 3 a.m. Chris Ballard and I got to have my QB right now? I'll give you the house. That's what it comes down to me for. And I think that's a process. It may not actually work out until draft night because of that factor. And if yeah, I'm Ryan Poles, I'm hoping it's 3 a.m. Chris Ballard. Ding, ding, ding. That's I'm right. buying That's drinks kidding. to get there. No, no kidding. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, Damian, kind of same question. Any teams moving up for a non-quarterback he needs to worry about? Or is this not even on his radar? You move past four. That's the furthest he can go. Yeah, I, I don't think a team's going to move for a non-QB. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the receiver group isn't. Like, there's no Jamar Chase and right. Jalen Waddle in this group. And, you know, you could think of a team possibly – like the Lions, you can like maybe maybe they think because I think they're at what six, seven, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Um, and then they have another pick from I believe the you know, they have the Rams pick, which is high, then their own pick. Um, so like maybe they could look up to try and go ahead and grab um one of these stud blue chip defenders like Jalen or uh, Will and pair them with Aiden Hutchinson, right? And really uplift that that defensive front. But I think they'll probably be content. To sitting to sitting still, and I actually think they're probably a, a option to, or a team that may move back with that high first round pick. And looking at Carolina, uh, but you know, I I don't think anyone's going to move up for one of these defenders because there's so many great, so many really talented defenders in this class. Um, you know, mostly people move in the top ten for. The, the pretty boys. the yeah, And you're totally right. But I think we're kind of overlooking the obvious one. Jerry Jones is going to move up to three oh, for B. John Robinson, running back Texas, etch it in stone. It's already a done deal. You know Dude. Jerry can't help himself. Man. He but can't. He can't. And that's, that's, can't that's his himself. move. That's his and, move. You Top know, just, 10 running back, let's go. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, Zeke, he's maybe on the way out. Pollard, his contract's Free expiring. Agent, Who yeah. knows, man? Just hit the reset button at that position. You talk about create all chaos. Like, right. Can you night? imagine? We see that Dallas Cowboys star coming across the ticker. And it's Can like, they've traded into the top seven. And everybody's like, oh, they got to be going like edge, D-line. It's like Bijan. Right. It's going to be like full pandemonium. Well, here's the thing, and I don't want to get too in the weeds as we wrap up here, but, you know, we all joke, like, you just, in, in today's NFL, you can't take running backs in the top 10, let alone top five. But B. John, I think we all agree, best to come out since maybe Saquon Barkley, and Barkley was drafted in the top five as well, and mm-hmm. he's been good. He's been great, actually, but a lot of people would argue, again, you're just not maximizing the value of that pick, knowing you can get serviceable guys at that position later on. So, I just want your quick knee-jerk reaction. I know it's early in the process. How high do you think B. John Robinson does actually go? And do you have a team in mind that just makes sense? Hit it, Damien. I want to know what you think. (laughs) Everybody knows I'm the running back guy, so I I love my backs. Mm. But I think he could go – I think he can go as early as top 15, and I'm thinking about the, the Eagles having that extra pick from New Orleans, which oh. they could use as like a luxury pick oh. if they don't want to re-sign Miles Sanders or go after one of these veterans. Yep. Uh, but I honestly think he falls to the Eagles at the bottom of the first round um, with either what pick 30 or 31. Um, I just think teams are going to look at it like, man, there's a lot of defensive talent 
with corners, a ton of corners, edge rushers, and different things of that nature. Some teams are going to need receivers. And as much as I love Bijan, running backs are a luxury. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I'm not going to pass on a premium position where I can add a high impact player for a running back. I think you're right. I think that's where he should go, but I just know how this works. I've seen this before. It only takes one team to fall in love. Knowing, again, just kind of his premier talents, we'll see if one team does fall in love. Ryan, I want your quick thoughts on Bijan. What do you think? I love Bijan. He's the number one back on my board. There ain't no way I'm taking a running back in the first round, period, ever. Can't do it. I mean, 33-plus, that's where they all belong. There's just too much proven commodity. I'll give you another wild card, though. Bills are disappointed, and I think if they had a little bit more run game to lean on, they might be tempted there. I love Cook, but Cook's Cook's a 1B to me. He's mm-hmm. got to be a home run hitter as a change of pace for me. So mm-hmm. I could see them thinking maybe that's a key to helping Josh. I think they need more targets as well. Um, as good as Dawson Knox shows up in the postseason, you don't get a whole lot during the year. I think they got to move that around, and there are adaptations to that offense coming. Um, so that's a dark horse, but I would – if I'm in the room for any of you teams, any GM, I'm happy to talk to you all. Don't, Don't do it. Do it. What are we doing? Yeah, 14. I've seen him flung out there to New England, kind of the highest I've seen him. Don't think oh. that's really realistic, just given Ramon Stevenson's recent success. Detroit at 18. You talk about teams having two picks, kind of feeling like they're playing with house money, another luxury pick maybe. Yeah. Tampa at 19, I guess, makes sense. But all those, again, I think we're all in agreement there. As much as we love this kid, You just don't do it in the first round. Not in today's NFL anyways. All right, I know we're wrapping up here. 11 more weeks. Don't worry, guys. Got plenty of time to break all this stuff down. Any more news, any notes, ideas, anything you guys want to hit before we get out of here? Who's your hot player this week, Damien? I was down at the Senior Bowl. I know you were. Who'd you come away with? Like, I I really like what he did, and I got to see more. Oh, man. Steve Avila, the guard from uh, TCU. Yes. Like, I, I, man, heavy. He's a gap scheme guard. Power power running teams are going to love this guy. But, man, you're talking about a people mover. And then watching him in one-on-ones, get his hands latched, really strong, really physical. But the footwork was nimble enough to mirror a lot of those athletic interior defensive line I mean, that they had down in Mobile. So he's one of my guys. And, of course, you know, I tweeted about him, Tank Dell out of Houston. The, the, the small slot receiver. I can tell you, I talked to uh, talking to some of the players there, and the DBs weren't too excited when he <laughs> walked up on the line of scrimmage and it was time to go one-on-ones. After the first couple reps, guys were kind of second making business decisions. Like, all right, who's so who's up next? So, like, you know, he, he made a lot of money, even not just in one-on-ones, but also he looked really good in team drills as well. Yeah, I have to say, too, I'm intrigued by him. I know we had Calvin last year, right? I I, I still think the model for an undersized guy of that stature is still a long shot. But I do think that you prove what you can do by separating. And in the end, if you're running free, you're running free, and the league don't care. So I'm all about that. I I had a couple of guys. I got to dig into the trenches more. Um, I I can't pronounce half the names that I should, so I'm not going to massacre anyone because we're all pals here on Lockdown (laughs) NFL Draft. So we're going to do that. But I'm excited about where it's going. This class is going to be great. I know you guys are going to break down all the film. I'm going to have more from my perspective coming as well. And I know they can find your work on TDN, correct? They can find my stuff on NFL 33. You can join us there. We'll have maybe another announcement coming about that coming up. But Luke, as you take the overview of where Damien and I are and everything, who are we forgetting? Like, is there a position group 
that we're not – I can't let this class be the tight end class. What are we right. forgetting? <laughs> right. Well, if Senior Bowl was any type of sneak peek, uh, we kind of brought it up yesterday, the trenches, both sides, the offensive line. Uh, Damian mentioned Steve Avila, loved what he did. Loved that anchor too, just a powerful snatch and grab and then just be able to just sit that defender down. You got somebody, quarterback in your team, that's maybe not as mobile, needs that clean pocket, needs good protection in the interior. I really love Steve Avila. John Michael Schmitz, maybe the most consistent, most talked about, just top to bottom, start to finish guy out there. Solidified he was the number one center in the class, I believe, for most people. And then on the other side, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin, maybe the top senior defensive tackle over there. I was impressed with the defensive line, but just both trench units in general. I know the cornerback class is going to get talked about a lot. You mentioned the tight ends. We'll talk about this top tier of quarterbacks, obviously, that are likely to go in the first five, 10 picks. But I think there is talent to be found here in the later rounds. And although if we stack these classes up next to each other, the offensive tackles from last year's class, for example, Icky, Evan Neal, some other guys, maybe those guys would still go before all the other tackles in this class. But I still think there's plenty of talent to be had in this class. So I'm excited to continue to break this down with both you guys over the next few weeks. And just to echo what Ryan said too, Damien, you guys do tremendous work over there at TDN. Big fan of all your guys' hard work, the content you guys put out just on a daily basis. So we're thrilled to have you over here on this channel moving forward. Can't wait. Going to be a lot of fun. And Ryan, I can't wait to start this next chapter with you as well over the ongoing weeks too. I know we're going to have a lot of fun with that. So stay tuned. You'll get Keith and Damien starting next Monday full-time moving Moving forward right here on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast Network. Can't wait. All right, guys, that's a wrap today. Plenty more draft coverage coming your way every day in the Locked On NFL Draft Network. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave us a comment down below. We want to know who's your favorite Senior Bowl crush as of now and which players wowed you the most. For Ryan Tracy on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL. Damian Parson, at DP underscore NFL. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing out.